Hi guys and welcome to episode 7, podcast 7, week 27. We are halfway, over halfway through the year. <clears throat> and time flies. Time is flying by. It was a fantastic week uh, on the Joe Rogan experience. Uh, for people that's new to this podcast, basically all I do, either me or me with a guest and usually fans of the Joe Rogan experience, uh, get together and we talk about all the shit that we loved in uh, the previous week's podcasts. Um, I love talking about this podcast, the Joe Rogan Experience. I love talking about a lot of podcasts. So now I do it this way because I always wanted to make a podcast too. And fuck it, there's no rules. Do whatever you want. So <laughs> that's how I do it. There's no intro music. There's no fancy shit with this. This is all basic. And uh, yeah, if you love the show as much as me, check this out. And I always try and make it fun, and I have a good time. So, yeah, this week, Jordan Peterson, podcast 1139. What more can we say? As fans of the Rogan podcast, we've seen the rise of Jordan Peterson and, you know, what this man has done. And uh, f- incredible. What a, like, really incredible guy. I mean, he's he is a polarizing person, though. It does see like, people that, that know anything about him don't really have... A kind of on the fence opinion it does seem like people either love this guy or they hate him and i haven't heard anyone hate him that when they describe their frustration to me of it uh they didn't really seem to understand what he was saying they they, they definitely had been looking to like mostly just the sound bites of him they definitely hadn't been listening to his entire lectures or his whole interviews on podcasts like Rogan or Sam Harris's or the many other ones that he's done. Um, and that's the thing. You can only really... Like, people just love to jump on the bandwagon. They hear that this guy only helps young white men or something. And that's it. They make a ton of assumptions and it's just fucked. But when you listen to his whole form, you can't help but you know, just be inspired by the way that he thinks, I I believe, like, and he really cares about people, you know, he really does care about it at all, they started off the podcast with Title IX stuff, right, so Title IX is something that was passed in the university levels, uh, that, and, you know, I don't know a ton about this stuff, but it was basically like an equality of outcome for sports, like all sports had the same measure of importance, even though some make a ton of money and some make no money. And then because you have a sport, you have to have a male version and the female version. And all of a sudden, the universities are just paying so much towards these sports. And, you know, I know when I went to school, I was like, some of it, like some of the sports that nobody was even paying attention to had so much funding. And I'm like, can you give that to kids for scholarships? Like not for sports related ones in sports. No one's watching. I'm not saying I don't want to encourage sports that need a chance, but I mean, it's just like, Hold on a second. How is this? Doesn't it make sense to teach people at the university level what works in the real world? Like people will go and watch men play football and pay money for it, right? Uh, almost nobody's watching female lacrosse. I didn't mean for that to sound sexist, but it's the truth, right? I mean, it's who knows, who knows. But he's getting into it, and he and the and the point that he makes is that it is a problem. It's a real problem when people sit and have this equality of outcome idea in a lot of ways 
doesn't mean that you shouldn't help anybody with anything, but it's a slippery slope is what he's putting forward. And then he gives the example, right? The, the example of why so many people listen to Rogan, you know, or we only tend to listen to the top 1% of whatever the thing is that we're looking at. Like we look at the top 1% of the sports, you know, we only watch the, the best people play basketball in the NBA. I mean, I, People do watch some college, but I mean, it's not like people are spending a ton of time watching high school. You want to see the best version of it. You want to listen to the best podcast. You want to read the best books. I mean, it's there's only so much time, so you're going to put it in there. And that's why those top 1% things get rewarded in that way because, you know, they, they have that value, right? You take that away and make it even across the board, some funky things you know, some funky things happen. And then he brings up some other points. And, and a lot of the points he brings up are difficult, right? He was talking about how if you have an IQ below 80, well, then you're going to struggle. And the military won't let you join. And life is probably going to be harder for you. And if your IQ is below 80, you're going to have a hard time reading instructions and understanding them. Which means that there's not a place for you in the military. Right? So where is there a place for you in real life? Well, it's tough. And if you have an equality of outcome, then that person has just as much right getting any job as anyone else. Well, they're going to struggle in that position. And that's going to be an issue. And, uh, you know, and then after that, one of the most frustrating things of all, and, I, and I'm sure everyone can attest to this, is like the idea Joe was talking about how they didn't keep score in his daughter's soccer games. Like, it was just like, score as many goals as you want, but we're not keeping score. So there's not a winner, so people don't feel bad. (sighs) That's a weird one, you know, because kids do feel bad. It does suck to lose. But, I mean, what else does it mean, right? What else does it mean, then? Well, you're not teaching them what winning is. You're not teaching them how hard that is to do. And that it takes practice, you know? And every little bit of practice, you get slightly better. Well, that pays off, you know? If you work a lot at something, and then you get to win something, I mean, you got to win, you got to lose, you know? It is awful to feel bad. And if a kid just gets in a pattern of just losing in every direction, then that's awful too. But, you know, I mean, it also means that they're going to struggle in real life because there's a winning and losing aspect to it. Uh, I, I believe in that. I mean, I see it. It makes it makes a lot of sense to me. And, you know, I think that's also why these podcasts matter, right? Why I love talking about it. Why we all love listening to Joe and interview people. Because he gets to remind you of those things. He gets to talk about it. It's like a voice that we haven't heard before. Especially with someone like Jordan. He's so wise and he's making it obviously clear through his understanding of psychology, that listen, this is what will happen. If you do things this way, this is what we've seen. And he, remember, he's looking at it at a place from, from like mentally ill people. I mean, he's really winding it back. He's like, you know, some of these people get into these positions because of this type of thought process leading to this, leading to this. I mean, I don't know. It's a whole breakdown for things. I can't speak for him, but... That's what it kind of comes forward with. And that's why it's so beautiful to have a real summary of that kind of great information. Like, I'm way too dumb to go out there and collect that.
I do, none of that would make sense to me. I mean, this is why this stuff is so profound, because I'm like, wow, that is nothing like I thought it was, because I just was too dumb to even figure it out. But, you know, he has a PhD. He studies it. And then he realized by teaching his students this, he could just explain. And he practiced. Practiced, practiced, practiced. He lectured every day to kids, reevaluating constantly how he expresses this information. I mean, what a brilliant opportunity that is. In so many ways, he's super lucky for that. I mean, he's trained at that like anyone trains at anything, explaining what he understands of this. It's, it's really fascinating. And then along with like winning at anything, to get to that position, you got to fail a lot, right? Well, failing sucks. Failing at anything is awful. It's why it like, took me like a year to even consider starting this podcast. Why, why it takes a lot of people to figure out like, when they want to start anything. It's because failing is the worst. But he talks about being a humble loser, you know? And, and they brought up McGregor and Diaz won when McGregor lost. Like, he's a braggadocious guy, but he didn't turn around and say, oh, well, that was bullshit, and the ref was this and that. He just said, I need to reevaluate, I need to regroup. I didn't do this, this, and this right. I mean, he was immediately trying to solve the problem of what happened and how he needs to improve. And that's that's all we can hope for with anything that doesn't go well. You just see what didn't go right and change it. We don't let it put us off trying because that part of failure is not not a big deal. You know, it really isn't. It really isn't a big deal. It's just hard to kind of fucking see it. You got to do it. And then he talks about setting the bar low, which is so weird to hear, right? Who wants to do that? Imagine your parents saying to you, be as slightly ambitious as possible, <laughs> right? It's like, what did we all want to be as kids? Astronauts, firemen, superheroes, Wolverine, like amazing things. Imagine if we just turned around and we're like, I want to be a milkman. Well, there's nothing wrong with being a milkman, but it's unlikely a kid's going to say it. It doesn't sound very inspiring. But look at the advantage if you did. You're like, I'm going to be a milkman. Well, there's a good fucking chance you're going to achieve it, right? Especially if you put all your effort into it. Holy shit. And at the end of the day, would it even be the worst thing? And then you get to achieve beyond that. Who knows? You're like the running the whole region's milk. You're managing like hundreds of milkmen. All of a sudden you're a senior exec at a fucking milk company. I mean, could be the worst. Set the bar low. And that's a nice thing because really all we can be responsible for is like what we do today. Right? Then you go to sleep and you got to do it again. So what did we do today? If you set the bar low, you can get a lot of things done in a day. If you set it high and you're like, okay, this is going to take me all week. Well, now you got to break it into seven days. And every day kind of feels like you didn't quite get it done. I mean, I like that. I don't really know how I can implement that. I have to think about it, you know? Just like even even in regards to this podcast, like, okay, I want more guests, right? I want more fans on. I love being able to talk to people about it. It's probably more interesting to listen to it that way. Though, to be honest, when it's just me chatting away, it's a good way to kind of, you know, get to know me as a host of this. But, but yeah, set the bar low, you know? What low achievements can you do today that really start to add up it's all incremental incremental movement you know it doesn't take long to get you somewhere and that's what's really cool about it and experiencing that you're like oh shit what else can i do
Um, yeah, fascinating. I love that guy. He also talked about his health a lot, which is, remember, this is an area that he is not um, well-versed in, and he definitely doesn't have a PhD in. He's not a nutritionist, but he's been ill. He's had health problems, and um, he's really struggled. Um, and his daughter has too. His daughter's been really sick and had a lot of problems. She arthritis at a very young age, hip replaced, she needs an ankle replaced, and she's also had major immunodeficiencies and, and, and depression and, and different things. Jo Jordan talks about that. And how awful is that for his daughter? You know, for her and for him to feel like awful. But she changed her diet. I think she does mostly meat or some sort of ketogenics uh, where you just eat a lot of fat. And she's felt a lot better. And she got him eating that way, and he's doing it. And now he basically only eats meat, and he loves it. He says he's way happier. It's helped him. You know, rashes have gone away. Gingivitis has gone away. He just feels so much better. He's healthier, stronger. I mean, that stuff's cool. You know, there's not a lot of science behind that, only eating meat. I don't know. I think I miss veggies, but it's not the worst kind of diet. Steak every day. Come on. Yeah. Give me some steak. I think even Joe said he might try it, which is cool. Um, so, yeah, we'll see where that goes. And uh, see if Joe jumps on the all-you-can-eat meat diet. And he basically does that anyway. I mean, what does he just post to Instagram? Nothing but pictures of elk and, and the jalapenos? <laughs> right. Uh, next up was Brendan Schaub, MMA 33. I love the MMA shows. You know, what's cool is even if you're not a big fight fan and you just like his podcast, MMA shows are some of the best ones because they get into all sorts of things. Fighters don't always just talk about fighting. It's surprising, you know. It's a lot of, like, nutrition or the rest of it, especially when Brendan's on because they're such good friends. You know, a lot of times they talk about comedy. Uh, they start up with talking about how, and they were, it was a bit tongue-in-cheek, but, like, how all UFC fighters should just be, uh, all the old ones should just be juiced up. Right, so steroided to their eyeballs because they're old, they've got all this talent, they've been fighting forever, they're really good at fighting, but their bodies are old and given out. Well, if they go over to leagues like Bellator where they're not testing quite as strict as the UFC is, you know, they can just load up, they can just do a ton of steroids and get massively strong again and fight their ass off. Now, is that a good idea? Is it fair? Is it whatever? I don't know. Listen. I make those rules, but I do love watching some fighters fight. And what really brought this up is like Vitor Belfort. He's a Brazilian fighter. If you don't know who he is, Google that guy. When he gets on testosterone, he blows up. Like he looks like a bull with a human head. I mean, he's terrifying. And he's been fighting so long. He's got so much skill. He's incredible. He takes all that knowledge into this like jacked body, which for all intents and purposes is like 10 years younger than his regular body would be. And he's able to crush. And it's phenomenal to watch uh, him fight in that condition. And, you know, Tito Ortiz and Chuck Liddell, which were like big UFC fighters, light heavyweight in like 2005-ish, you know, both legends in their own right. Chuck Liddell was just a killer. And, you know, they've retired now. They're a lot older. They're going to come back and fight a third fight. And, you know, the question is, can they do it? In the shape that they're in, is it worth doing? Is it that damaging for them? God, I don't know, but I want to watch that fucking fight, people. I think it's going to be great, and they're legends. I'm, I'm totally down for it. Um, I don't know. I don't know if these guys should just be jacked on steroids. I don't know how bad that stuff is, but uh, maybe it's not so bad. 
Maybe it's not so bad. Maybe it's actually better for them. Maybe they're less likely to get injured. Um, uh, they talked a little bit about uh, Jocko. Brendan, I guess, has never met Jocko. Jocko Willink, who has uh, been on Joe's podcast quite a bit, he has this, he's an ex-Navy SEAL, and he has this amazing video called Good. And it's a mo- like an inspirational, motivational video. And if you guys haven't seen it, Turn this shit off now and watch it on YouTube. It's so fucking good. Joe plays it all the time, so you must know about it. But he just talks about the idea that even when bad things happen, it can be good. And what makes them good is that you get to see where the failure is and how you can fix it, how you can adjust, how this is an opportunity for strength. Now, it takes a lot of thinking and a lot of focus to be able to turn something around like that, but it's really necessary and why joe liked it and brought it up is because brendan basically is known for doing this anyway he's very good at keeping things positive keeping things light brushing problems off his back you know it's what makes him so strong it's what makes him so good at comedy i mean he's only been in comedy for two years or something not very long for a comedian that's nothing and he sells out places like he travels all over i mean it's it's incredible. Really, it's unprecedented with how good he is. I mean, he just works so hard. I mean, he was a professional athlete, you know, a football player, and then a UFC fighter. So he was able to just crush his way through the circuit, in a sense. I mean, it's, he, you know, he, but he really learns that craft, and he is good. I've seen him live a few times. He's very good, and he improves very quickly. It's really impressive. Yeah, the, the dude is about as hard working as, as you can imagine. I, he will have a, a special soon, a comedy special, not that long, I'm sure. I think he probably just doesn't want to jump ahead of himself because even two years with as successful as he is, you know, you really want to hone a special down because it lasts forever. Once you make that, they see it forever. Um, so, you know, that's kind of where uh, he is with things. Um... Yeah, the last thing that they talked about, which I really liked the idea of too, is they talked about the value of UFC, how expensive it is, you know, the the it was sold for 4.2 billion, how can they make more money, right? What could it ever be as big as like baseball or basketball? Well, something they brought up is making it free so that more people can watch it and therefore you have more advertisers. Well, that is a fascinating idea and i'd never really even like ran that through my brain before but you know then you get like let's say it was like a prime time event you know then you get all the revenue i mean think how much money basketball makes and they've got about as many i think there's like 500 something people in the nba players um you know there's there's about that in the ufc with fighters so how do you make you know, the UFC is big as, you know, something like the NBA. That's tough. That's a tough call that you keep it always as pay-per-view or that you give it to everyone for free and then let the public decide if they really like it. I mean, when more people get a chance to watch it, more opportunity for growth, I think, in a lot of ways because it's, it's not just a little niche market. I mean, the UFC is big. People love it. So, I don't know. I don't know if they're ever even trying anything like that, but it's a cool idea to play with. I guess they kind of do it on FS1, kind of. Next guest for the week, Joey Diaz. And uh, Joey is the best. Come on. He's the best. He's the funniest. He's fucking awesome. 
Uh, Joey Diaz is a longtime great friend of uh, Joe. I've seen Joe Diaz live multiple times um, in L.A., uh, West Hollywood, in New Mexico. I even saw him at a casino once. And let me tell you, straight up, as a lover of comedy, period, he really is the best. He, he There's something about the way he builds energy. He just makes fucking tidal waves, tsunamis. And he goes off and he just, like, the passion behind the ridiculous things that he's saying is phenomenal. And it does seem so off the cuff. I absolutely love this guy. I can't get enough of him. And I'm really excited that he's just made a comedy special. Um, he just made his comedy special. He just finished it. I don't know if it's going to be on Netflix. I think it is. I don't know when it's coming out. But, uh, you know, he just got through with it. He's pretty nervous. I think he did two takes and he's not sure how well it went. But, uh, yeah, he was telling Joe about that and that it's coming out soon. And uh, and then, of course, he gets into everything he gets into. Talking about edibles, right? Joey's got a great podcast. Uh, it's very funny. And he has a sound guy that does edibles with him. And the sound editing guy often gets, like, super high because Joey, like, slips him too much and really fucks him up because Joey finds it funny. So this poor guy is just getting like way, way high while trying to do his job, which is uh, uh, in a lot of ways, it's really quite funny. And you can see some good videos on YouTube of, of that sound guy struggling through, I forget his name, but struggling through like an episode. And and uh, and yeah, and that's really the best way to get to know Joey is listening to that podcast anyway. It's so good. He goes into growing up in Jersey, you know, as a Cuban back in like the 70s, like how difficult it was, the people that took him in, families that that he kind of connected to. So Joey's mom died uh, when he was quite young, is like a bit of the backstory. And Joey found her and, you know, then ended up living with different families and, you know, he had it tough. He got in a lot of trouble when he was younger and uh, he just kind of describes those neighborhoods in such an interesting way. It's like, I can't even imagine. You know, they talk about like, how the racism was in like the 70s and the 80s. It was just totally normal to be just throwing around words. And of course, as a Cuban, he was called everything. And it was just like, well, you deal with that, I guess. And, you know, you'd see uh, neighbor neighborhood kids just get hit by neighbors. Like someone just whacks a kid for whatever reason for messing around. It was just like a different world. It growing up tough, you know. Maybe it was because it was tougher back then and they had to grow up that way. I mean, who knows? I mean, it's no doubt that, you know, we're, we're raising a bunch of soft kids these days. I don't know what that means, but, you know, is that's how it goes. You know, it's kids are getting soft for sure. Kids are getting soft. We'll see what the next couple of generations are, right? Just doing nothing but playing video games. Um, talking about getting soft and not doing anything, Joey, obviously, overweight. He's been a big guy for a long time. He's working out like a motherfucker. Going to jiu-jitsu a lot. Going to the gym. Really working, you know, just hard all the time. And a big motivation is that he has a kid, a young kid, and wants to be around for for his kid. And, you know, got to be proud of that. Like, that's so awesome that he's doing it. Especially because... On a selfish note, I want him around forever. His comedy is fucking gold. I don't want him going away from podcasts. I love listening to this guy. Keep that ticker going, man. For sure. Um, 
uh, some of the the really cool stuff that they get into, and I think it's just some of Joe's like favorite things. He's talking about what the future is going to be like, how things are going to change, how we're going to change. And Joe's always banging on about this, like, you know, in 10 years, we'll be reading each other's mind business. Like, this is how communication's going. Joe really thinks that this change is going to happen. Uh, Joey mostly just listened. He didn't chime in too much. But, but yeah, they were just talking about how how to get to that point where where we're really integrated into technology at, at, at such a rate that, you know, we can really understand each other's minds. Now, what does that get us? You know, where does that, where would that even lead us? What kind of positivity would that be? Well, one of the big things they hit on and something recently Joey was talking about was how he got upset thinking about some of these celebrity suicides like Chris Carnell or Anthony Bourdain. And just that point that somebody would be so sad and so down that they would do this to themselves. And I'm not trying to end this on a fucking depressive note, but it's something to think about, you know? It's like when we people always ask themselves, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that know those two celebrities that were close to them that were like, what could I have done? And it's like if we just – I think those people feel like if they just had that little extra bit of conversation with them or gave them that little extra compliment or just made them feel like they were just there, that we could – you could just – turn that bit of mind around and people shouldn't blame themselves with these things but we can be sad for it and in the biggest way it does kind of highlight the advantage of something like you know not necessarily mind reading but just being able to be really connected to other people that you care about so so that you know when they're slipping off into a dark place and and that's that's my message at the end people just love the people around you and make sure that they know that you love them all right so thanks a lot next time we're gonna have uh, my buddy Eddie back on. He was on, uh, I think, podcast three. We're going to get into who we got. Theo Vaughn. And um, uh, there's another MMA one uh, coming up. I'm not exactly sure who the guest is. But anytime talking about Theo is fantastic. Theo Vaughn is, is fucking hilarious. So make sure to listen to those Rogan podcasts. And thanks for joining. And thanks for tuning in. Cheers, guys.